Well, we are honored to be a part of this church, and and we love our pastors. And uh, I mean pastors. She's a pastor, too. And uh, Pastor Ashley and Pastor Mark have been a blessing. And, you know, just in case you're wondering, because we, we were part of a local church here. Uh, we were youth pastors for uh, 17 years at a church in Live Oak, Florida. That's where I grew up. My mother is from Valdosta. My father grew up in Homerville, Georgia. I don't tell a lot of people that if you're from Clinch County. I love Clinch County. Hallelujah. Got Still have family there. So I spent a lot of time. When we went to town, when I was a kid, we came to Valdosta. That's town. Well, we done, we done, and we, we came to Valdosta a lot. Mitchell's Barbecue was our stopping ground. Does anybody, if you don't even know Mitchell's Barbecue, anyway, one person. Hallelujah. And uh, Shoney's. Strawberry pie, or what was it? Now somebody says, you went to Shoney's? When Shoney's was big, man, I mean, remember the big boy out holding it? The... Anyway, uh, we went to the doctor, the dentist, everything was in Valdosta. And our great friends here, Billy and Shirley Van Osdale, uh, uh, she's a live oak girl. She, and uh, she married a, a Lake Park freak. Anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, great friends of ours. And um, we... Um, where, what was that? Where was I going with this? Oh, no, just to let you know, we we moved, we started driving when we after we had we went and pastored two years at a church in in Mayo, Florida, where my wife is from, and I never felt called to pastor. And how they got me was they said, "Would you be our interim pastor?" We were actually in a school in Cross City, Florida. I had a bag phone. Anybody remember a bag phone? Had it plugged into the wall through a converter. The phone rang. Said, "Would you come be our interim pastor?" And the word interim just went wing. I said. I can do interim. That's temporary. So I thought, and we knew we were going through a transition. We'd start doing the school assembly programs. So we were there two years in, in Mayo. And while we were there, we did seven school programs. So my wife came home from a passion conference and said, what is your passion? I said, to be going in them schools. She said, we got to quit. So we quit our job. And part of the story we tell in the schools is, uh, we look at these kids and the, and the seniors are lined up on the front. We always go seniors, juniors. And I'm looking down at the seniors. I said, when I quit my job, they don't, they don't know what I did. I don't tell them what I did. I said, I worked a 19-year career. Get a few raises in 19 years. And at the end of 19 years, at the age of 43, and I'm climbing the ladder pretty good now. Because that was a few years ago. I said, at the age of 43, I walked away from a full-time job. Now, I didn't just quit blindly. I had schools booked. And we had a, started a nonprofit organization. And people were supporting us. But there still ain't no guarantees. One of my family members at a family reunion after we was eating collard greens and cornbread and fried chicken. And them kids going, wow, you know. I said, one of my cousins looked across the table at me and said, if you quit your job, your four children are going to starve to death. Really encouraging. I'm a motivational speaker. Shut up, fool. Anyway. Well, and, and let, but, folks, I can't explain to you. They say that Jesus won't show up unless you say his name. I found that he'll show up if you just show up. Amen. You ain't got to say the name of Jesus for him. We get anointed chairs with oil all night before they get there. I, I've, I've been in Holy Ghost revivals. And I've, the same spirit. Somebody says, hey, you know the anointing I said, I don't always know when it's there, but I know when it ain't. But I'm telling you, it's there. I, I, I was talking to a principal the other day. I said, I could tell them to take their shirts off and run around the building three times backwards, and they would do it because I got them eating out of my hand. And I promise you, I ain't that good of a speaker. It's called the anointing. The same anointing. And he lives in me, amen. And I look at those kids, I say, the same people that told me I couldn't do this, 
They told me my four children are going to starve to death. They'll tell you, you can't graduate from Lowndes County High School. Tell you, you can't be a doctor. You can't be a lawyer. You can't be a nurse. You can't open up your own restaurant. You can't build your own house. And I'm telling you, some of them start screaming. My God, he's telling the truth. Shut up and listen. I've had people scream out, Jesus. Oh, he's preaching now. I'm, I, ain't, I am preaching. I just need to tell them where I'm getting my information. Hallelujah. I've learned to paraphrase scriptures. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, without, you can throw that up there if you want to. Proverbs 29, 18. Without a vision, my people perish. I heard this preacher say one time, he said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll take every road. And drugs, alcohol, premarital sex, gangs, violence, failing grades, bullying are not problems. They're symptoms of a bigger problem. You ain't got a plan. You just drifting. I've recently heard somebody say, you never want to, you, you don't want to drift anywhere. Cause when you're drifting, you ain't going nowhere. You're not in control if you're drifting. We, we, I don't know if you've ever been out to sea and you was drifting. That ain't good. Amen. You want that motor to work. You want to have that compass. You, I always, somebody said, we're going fishing. I said, who are you and what do you know about fishing? I was asking your mom about Audrey. I said, uh, can we go on that boat? I said, you know what you're doing? No, I didn't go in the boat with her. But, I, but I, she said, oh, yeah, we can do it. We don't go that far. I said, good, I'll go with you. You know what I mean? I just want to make sure the person driving the boat out into the ocean knows what they're doing. I don't like to be a castaway like Paul. Hallelujah. You know, they didn't listen to Paul. But that, anyway, listen to the man of God. So we found out that uh, that they don't have a, they're not even thinking. About it. And listen, that was my story. I was in, I didn't intend to do this, but this is just the way it's flowing. So I'm just going to go with the flow. When somebody tells you to preach five minutes before church, you just got to go with the flow. Amen. I'm just kidding. I got some scriptures. The Bible says, "Without a vision, my people perish." One translation says, "Without a, without, uh, I think it says, without restraints, the children run wild." Restraints. We all. I'm, I'm an adult. I need restraints. You know, you got to have boundaries in your life. That's this word. God's word is a guardrail. It's a boundary. I was just looking at somebody printed something on Facebook. This is ridiculous. They did three paragraphs on why we don't need to dream big and why we shouldn't be selling these. Live your life and, and expect great things to happen in your life. And I'm like, hey, why don't you start a business, Matt? But it, it will never really be that good. Man, I, and here's the thing. Three paragraphs, not one scripture. Listen, you can tell me whatever you want to tell me, but you better have some scripture mixed in with it. Don't, t- don't try to sell me some s- stupid idea. I ain't got time to hear your ideas. I don't have time to hear my ideas. I don't have a time to listen to Pastor Mark's ideas. But when he starts throwing, if he's going to share something with me, and I know him, he's going to get two or three scriptures. By two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And listen, that would solve most of our problems in life. The Word of God. The Bible says it's a, it's a light into my feet. I can see where I'm standing. But it's also a lamp into my path. It's a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. It'll show me where I'm going. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Well, what, what Word is that? The, the Word of God. It's God's Word. Somebody told me that God never speaks to me. He speaks to me every time I open this book. It's no different than my wife wrote me a love letter, and I never read it, and my wife never speaks to me. She wrote me 40 letters. Why don't I read it? And if you want to know about your wife, read the letters she wrote. Does she really love me? Oh, she does. Look what she said. Oh, can't wait till we meet up again. Hallelujah. She just said some pretty awesome things. Can't wait to get my hands on you, baby. Hallelujah. Hey, listen, that's what God's saying. He can't wait to get his hands on you. He loves you. He loves you so much he sent his son to die for you. 
You know, you, 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 I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the Bible. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, 17. Faith, you can't get faith in. I'm just praying for faith. Well, you can quit praying because there ain't nowhere in the Scripture that says pray and God will give you faith. Amen? So when we, uh, we share this vision, and, and one of the stories I tell is I had a, a ninth grade English teacher that looked at me, and she said, Chris, you speak well. You communicate. Well, you're going to like this, Myrna. And then she said, and you, you even write well. Not very good grammatically. You need some help in that. But there's some good content. And I shut her down. I think I cursed her out. Billy, I was an idiot on seeds. Man, I was... They didn't have crack back in them days, but I'd probably been eating if they had it. Hallelujah. I was eating everything they had. I'm ashamed of that. I'm ashamed of everything I did. I'm ashamed of that. Miss Shirley Albritton tried to help me. You remember Miss Shirley Albritton? I just shut her down. But guess what? One day I ran into Miss Shirley Albritton. I think I was in the grocery store and I said, ma'am, I owe you an apology. You tried to help me. I said, you know what I do now? She goes, what? I said, I go into public schools and speak to students and they let me. The principal walks up on stage and give it up for Chris Musgrove in future now. And people that went to high school with me think they must have lost their ever-loving mind. They have lost it. I would let Chris speak at the animal clinic, you know. And one of the kids, I, this is kind of funny. The kids are laughing. I said, uh, I went to Florida State University because I wanted the party to continue. Because I barely graduated from high school. My SAT score was like a 700. That's total. In fact, don't be laughing over. It. I saw. Do you know what? It wasn't. Even, it didn't even qualify for me to get in Florida State. It was below the minimum. I think the minimum was like eight fifty or something. They done jacked that up since then. I've, I actually got accepted into Florida Valdosta State and Florida State. I wanted to play football, so I'm gonna go to Florida State because you can't play football when you get kicked out of school. My first semester, my first quarter it was on the quarter system. I made three F's and a D. My second quarter, I made three F's and an F. That's four F's. I can't count to four. Hallelujah. And I, I got a letter from Dean Winter. Remember that? You look like you just heard from Dean Winter. You don't remember that. You remember that commercial? It was my, my brother. My brother Steve was singing that song to me. I got a letter from the dean. I got kicked out of the dorm. I lost my driver's license. got arrested. My daddy wanted me to go to law school because we spent so much time at the courthouse. We knew. We just ran into a judge in, uh, down in Live Oak. He goes, he's shaking his head. I, judge Kennan. You remember Judge Kennan? He, he, he told my daddy, he said, that boy's got issues. I was, I, I was, my daddy helped me out of this one case. This police officer was, was chasing me and I was in my cousin's car. He had one of these Z28s. I had that sucker peg, baby. And the, the police officer pulled us over and my cousin, he's an idiot. He's going, hide the cocaine! Hide the cocaine! I mean, really, he did that. There wasn't no cocaine. But it didn't matter. He was just an idiot. Anyway, so, um, there might have been a couple times, but not that night there wasn't. Okay. So anyway, we, he, he throws me in the car, arrests me, and we get the, he charges me for eluding an officer and, and drink, drunk, drunken driving. And when we went to court, the, the, the police officer wasn't real smart. I won't say his name, but he said, Chris, uh, was trying to outrun me. And I said, well, officer, my daddy went out and measured how far it was where he pulled me. It was like three miles. And he said, the officer, uh, I said, judge, he didn't have his lights on. He said, you didn't have your lights. How was he going? It was dark. I got to see blue lights before I pull over. He goes, and I thought he'd say, oh, he lied. He said, oh, I couldn't get, couldn't get close enough to him to turn on my lights. I thought, how am I supposed to pull over? So he threw out the looting office. Then he said, oh, he was drunk. And then the, ju- the judge threw the book at me. You know? 
Ended up losing my license and got, and then me moving to the big city of Tallahassee, I was, I got arrested. And once again, I'm ashamed of all that. But at the age of 20 years old, somebody left a Kenneth E. Hagen book in my apartment. Thank God it was a little book. It was a mini book. Cause I didn't do much reading. But I read that book. Bill, in the back of that book, it had the sinner's prayer to pray the prayer of salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you can believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. I got on my knees in my apartment. Listen, I didn't even know a Christian. I started going to a little assembly of God church down the street. My youth pastor was Steve Hill. Does anybody know who Steve Hill is? You will in a minute. He was the, he was the, the one that started Brownsville Revival. I remember somebody told me, we're going to Brownsville. You want to go? And I said, yeah, I'd like to go. The, the evangelist is Steve Hill. I said, Steve Hill? I used to have a youth pastor in college named Steve Hill, but it can't be him. He was like a nerd. And they showed me the picture. It was Steve Hill. I remember going there, and he said, Chris. And uh, Steve and Jerry Hill, they were my youth pastors. Most of the stuff in youth ministry that I started doing in life, I learned from him. It, it, it was an incredible journey the Lord took me through. But I got back into a community college, got my two-year degree, went back to Florida State, got my four-year degree. Uh, when I left, and this is what I tell the kids, I didn't tell them it was Bible school, but I went to two more years of, of, of schooling out in Oklahoma. I mean, I got six years of college, baby. Got a bachelor's degree. And I was still a bachelor. Hallelujah. But I, I met my wife in 85 when I moved back to Live Oak. Uh, and, and she was going to a church that I didn't even know it was a Rhema church in May. I didn't know there was any Rhema people. When I left Bible school, I said, I better find me a while because I'll never find one when I get back home. And, and you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That's His way of doing things. Righteousness is His way of doing things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His way of doing things. I always tell these kids, I say, what's righteousness? It's the opposite of wrongness. It's just doing what's right. Amen? So, and wrongness is not a word. I know that. Miss, Miss Albright wanted to straighten me out on that. But I, as I was seeking for the kingdom, I ran right into my wife. We've been married 32 years this June. It was 32 years. Uh, I just did a daily stir about my wife. I, I said, you know, the Bible says your wife is your glory. She's your treasure. And I don't mean that that I've invested 32 years of finances in her and I'm going to get my money out of her. No, I'm talking about she knows me better than anybody in this room, including my mama, my sister, my brothers. Billy, you know me pretty well. She knows me a lot better than you. And when she says something, you better write it down. When Shirley tells you something, I know you don't always want to listen, but it's probably, he might walk away and pout a little bit. You know, she's probably right. Your wife will tell you the truth when nobody else will, because she loves you more than anybody else. And um, I, I'm telling you, folks, I've seen godly, spirit-filled ministers of the gospel leave their wife and run off with some knucklehead woman that don't know them from Adam. No, there's no investment. There's really no attachment. My wife, she has saved me. I'm probably alive because of her. I'm not talking about she kept me from getting drunk. She just looked, that's the car, Stop! Woo! I'm glad you was in the car today. Because all the airbags would have popped on that one. I might have went through the windshield, you know. And then she told me to put my seatbelt on because she loves me. Hallelujah. Or just, or just that she would see things. or stare, and, and she'll rebuke me. You don't need to be talking about that. She's covered me and I cover her. And there's a, there, You just don't understand what... In 32 years, you learn things about one another, and we're growing, and we're changing. We're we're now we're grandparents, and there's all kind of things happening and going. And 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 uh, you know, she still comes up to me, and says, 
we need to talk. Can't you just say, just start talking. Don't say we need to talk because there's some, there's some seriousness in your voice when you say we need to talk. I don't, I don't like that when they say they need to talk. Like, uh, but I, but listen, I trust this woman. I trust this woman with my life. She trusts me. I've gone off, been gone off for days. She's been on gone off for days. Now, you know, we, we, we're, we're, there's some accountability. We ain't stupid. You know what I mean? But, um, I, I see people walk away from that treasure to, to, just because they met somebody that, younger and beautiful or something. I don't know. My wife's beautiful and she'll always be beautiful. I told her, I don't care if she gains 800 pounds. I'm on. I, I even told her this. I, she can bring a man home. We just all pile up into bed together. Hallelujah. I ain't leaving her. Somebody said, that's a little extreme. I'm just telling you. I'm committed. Hallelujah. Slide over. I'm coming in. Hallelujah. You can cut that out of the tape. Hallelujah. I don't share that in the schools either. I promise. So we're, we're in the, uh, it's good to laugh. Some of y'all ain't, some of y'all still ain't laughing. We got to pray. There's a spirit of, some kind of spirit song. You need to get set free. Hallelujah. If laughter's a good medicine, some of y'all dying. You need to get, take your medicine. Hallelujah. I've been in some Jesse Duplantis meetings. I mean, I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the service. I don't get up and go to the bathroom. I'm just laughing so hard. I'm about to wet my pants. Hallelujah. Laughter is good. I was talking to Rebecca this morning. She was talking about her wedding. Not that it was funny, LaDawn, anyway. <laughs> I was telling, we were taking turns telling stories about, I was at a wedding one time. It was so funny. I thought, I, I, this, and thankfully I wasn't doing the wedding. I was just standing in. It was, I, it was crazy. Anyway, so we, we, we talk about this vision and purpose and destiny and the kids grab hold of that message. And once I've shared my story about how, how you know, we, in fact, we were in Cook County. This is crazy. I, I, I'm telling you, you get emotional. But I, I, I finally had all four of my kids at an event. My, my, my oldest daughter, Casey, works for us. My, my next son, Christian. And then my, um, my daughter, Victoria, helped some. She was at the event, and then my youngest son, who was in, I guess he was still in high school, he was working our computer screen on the side, and they fortunately let him off from school that day, and I had all four of my children, first time ever, Marna, had all four of my children walk up on stage. I didn't intend for this, but when they walked up on stage, I just flat, I'm about to lose it now, I just lost it. And I looked down that front row, and all the seniors are tears streaming down their face. It's a public school. The anointing of God is all over this place. They've heard a story. They see the end result. There they are. They, they were wanting to see some kids struggle up there with oxygen and, you know, bloated stomachs and flies around their mouth, you know. Missionary pictures. I said, uh, I said, I said, I got two of them kids that got, I got, one of them's got four grandbabies and the other one's got one grandbaby. And, and not only are they live, they all got passports. My grandbabies are getting passports. Somebody said, why do you need a passport? Because we're going somewhere. The Bible says in Proverbs eighteen sixteen that your gift will make room for you and bring you before great people. Now, I don't say Proverbs eighteen sixteen. I said there was a wise king that once said, he was a king, that your gift will make room for you. And bring you. The gift that I didn't even know I had, that somebody when I was in the ninth grade tried to tell me that I had. Because the education system is here. The educators love us. I, I, I'm, I'm, we're getting in lounge schools this year. They told me you can't do assemblies in lounge. So the superintendent brought me before all the principals, and the principal, Miss McCall's helping set up the whole thing. But this, the, the fire goes before me and burns up all my enemies. Hallelujah. 
So the education system is there to help you determine your, determine your skill sets and then help you develop that. But if there's no application, there'll never be any determination. So you better get your, you better get your act in order. You better, because listen, you can't, it's a lie to stand up in front of a group of people and say, you can be anything you want to be. There's a bunch of things I can't be. I promise you. If it's got to do with math or engineering or technology, I couldn't put together a birdhouse if you had the instructions, you know, mounted on the thing. Now, I can drive a nail if you tell me where to put it, but you don't want me building cabinets. I promise you. Now, I can sell some cabinets. Brother, you put me on the road, I'll sell everything you got. I'm not even, well, I ain't, salesmen can get a little fictitious. We won't call them liars. Hallelujah. Uh, I, I'm a speaker. I'm a motivator. I'm not a good listener. I wouldn't do good as a counselor. In fact, I don't sit in a room counseling people. I want to get outside and run somewhere, do something. I want to see something, you know. But that's all right. Don't, and listen, I tell these, I tell these kids, I say, listen, I meet grown people every day that hate their life. Cause they're really not doing, they come home and, I say this, I say this in the schools, they come home and kick their wife, kick their dog, slap their wife, and turn up a case of Budweiser every night. And you know why they do that? Cause they hate life. They're probably doing something they never were intended to do. I always said, find out what you're supposed to do, it won't be work no more. I don't care if it's fishing. Somebody said, you mean you can make money fishing? Turn on ESPN on Saturday morning. They didn't just stumble drunk into a boat with a rod and reel in the hand and fish jumped in the boat. Hey, you can start the show. Now, some people's getting really... I've seen some men just start smiling. I mean, there's a chance. i got to start my own fishing show. Yeah, you better catch them first. You better videotape it. And Listen, them guys, they didn't just get lucky. Man, I wish I was you. You're so lucky. Got your own company. Got your name on a mug. Now, you, gotta, you could get up here and preach for about the next hour and a half how that business... How you started that business, how it came to being, how you stepped out on faith, and it'd be as good as anything I'm saying. Billy Van Alzo's got a cabinet shop. You're so lucky. Oh, Pope Trucking, y'all so lucky. You, there's a store behind every person in this room, and you, it's your story. I got tired of people labeling me. You ain't ever going to do anything. You're, 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 what was that when they put on your report cards? Failure to pay attention. That creates a disturbance in class. I tell those kids, I wish somebody would have come to my school and did a program like this when I was in school. I said, I may not have listened. The SRO, school resource officer, would probably drug me out the door. Because I was a class idiot. But at least I would have had a chance. You got a chance today. And I said, the same people that told me I couldn't just going to tell you, you can't do it. And, and by the end of that program, I tell those students, I said, listen to me. When you leave here today, some of y'all need to go make things right with your teacher, your principal, your administrator, your guidance counselor, I don't care, your coach, somebody. You need to change the way you're doing things because you're going to end up hating life. And you better find out what you're supposed to be doing. And this, that's what the school system, your future is now. It's today. And I get phone calls, emails. We just stopped in Jefferson County Thursday. I, I blew through Jefferson County. They were, the school system was so bad, the Department of Education shut their whole school system down. I mean, they shut it down. You are not a school in the state of Florida anymore. So they had some charter school that took it over. It's, uh, uh, I can't even remember the name of the school. Jefferson something with an R. I just came by there. The principal called me in his office. He said, Chris, we were a D school. Now we're a B school. And you had a part to play in this. They bust all their students to a downtown auditorium in Monticello, Florida, along with Osceola Christian, their school, all those students. Uh, man, that gets me excited. And he was grinning. He, I said, I got a newspaper article. You can use it. He said, you can. I'll write you a recommendation. I said, thank you. So we're making the difference. Uh, a couple of years ago, we got invited to a school. They brought us in the week before their FCAT test. 
And they had the highest test scores in seven, was it eight years? Eight years. Highest test scores in eight years. That I start, I used that with Miss McCall. Oh, oh, uh, how long is your program? My wife's pointing at me. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, see, I, I can preach this. And, and listen, I used to be, when I would sit with the principal, Pastor Mark, I'd look at them and they'd say, well, we can do the day event, but we can't do the night event. I'd almost walk out of the room because I was ignorant, young, ignorant. But now I realize our day event will open the doors for many things. We, we've seen, uh, we were just in Fitzgerald, George. I'm, I gotta tell this one story. The principal was kinda, she was assistant principal when we were there a couple years ago. She, she got up after the event when I got to, cause I always say, you're gonna wanna get up and say something when I get done. Oh, I probably won't. Yeah, I think you will. Just hold on. And she got up and took the microphone. Were you there? You weren't there that day. Uh, I was talking to Larry Poole. He's the FCA guy for that area. He was there. He said, the principal just came unglued. I mean, she was preaching. Did you hear what he had? Us? And I was like, I ran back on stage and I grabbed her. I said, this is the greatest woman. Y'all need to give it up for her. And they started clapping. We created some morale with the teachers and the students and the administrators. And I love it when the school superintendents come. We try to get all the youth pastors. You better come see what we're doing during the day because you ain't got no idea. We're just, we're not in there juggling fire and hope they like us. We're bringing a message that's going to grab. We're, we're, we're bringing truth that's going to set them free. We have to package it a little different. And then, of course, we invite them to all come back that night. And one thing that we started seeing was they'll, they'll bring their mamas and daddies back, some of these kids. And listen, the schools, I've learned to talk their language. I'll look at a principal administrator. I'll say, you don't have student problems. I'll go, well, I say, you got parent problems. They go, oh, you're right, we do. Because if there's a problem with Johnny and Sissy, it's coming from Johnny and Sissy's house. So they're bringing their mom and daddies back at night, and we're seeing 58-year-olds, 69-year-olds, 73-year-olds, 48-year-olds, 35-year-olds, 37-year-olds. All ages are getting saved. So we're asking the churches to send some adults. And, it, and it's, just, it's just phenomenal. We, we've already booked, I think we've already booked five schools already this year. We, we start out in Nassau County in uh, August 15th, August 29th. So I'm, I'm just so excited. Our vision is to be able to duplicate what we're doing in about a 90-mile radius in other areas. That's a big deal. If I told you you got to duplicate your business in 50 states, you're like, oh, it's going to take me a little while to get the plant. That's exactly what I'm saying. But God's doing it. God's big. Let me just tell you, I'm going to just give you a, a, a quick word. I know we need to hurry, but about, about, um, about three, I don't know, it was probably about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was just praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, praying in the Holy Ghost is praying in other tongues. And I said, listen. One of the things that he said when he got up here today was he goes, you said something about being comfortable. We need to get out of our comfort zone. Listen, if you've never been uncomfortable in church, you probably need to leave the church you're going to. I'm just telling you. I'm just flat telling you. Because I got to thinking about what you said. I I had never been uncomfortable in church until I came to a church kind of like this church. My brother invited me. Before I ever went to that assembly, God, it was a little crazy too. I remember going. I said, "If when, as soon as this thing's over, in fact, I'm looking for the door before it ever got over." Because there's people laying, raising their hands. I wasn't used to hand. Why are they raising their hand? Looking at their armpits or something, you know? Checking their deodorant, and then and a lady come up and hug me. Now I, I'm a hugger. I'm a touchy type of guy. You know, I'm, I'm a very uh, what's the word? People person. But but you know, a woman coming up and hugging me. I don't even know who she is. I just was a little crazy for me, you know. They didn't do that at the church I went to. Well, what's wrong with somebody hugging you? The Bible says greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, I don't know about that either. We were down and we're going to, I'm going to be in Miami next week. Huh? 
I thought the Latino people were a little crazy with that, you know. I had to get used to the kissing. They don't really kiss. They just make the noise. I'm like, I, I, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You need to go spend some time in Miami. But there was this Italian guy, Joe Montepoli. He's a, he, he's a man's man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick a fight with this boy. He was the chief of police in, no, no, he was the chief, the fire chief for Davie, Florida. He went to the church. He kissed me on my neck. Mike, he's looking at me like, my God, you fool, you let me kiss you. I didn't let him kiss me, but he's pretty big. I was like, I guess that's what they do in Italy. And he was full-blown Italian. I was like, you know, I, I, I just ain't going to kiss a man on the neck, but that's all right. But, you know, it was kind of endearing, and I don't mean nothing weird. When I mean endearing, I mean there's something. You, 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 after I got past the... Uh, of the initial shock, I was, ah, now listen, I was uncomfortable too. I'd never been in a Latino church. I've been in black churches and, and crazy stuff going on, but I've never been in a Latino church, but now I'm learning. Uh, I was, I was, I, I preached in a lot of black churches and, and I ain't, go, I, ain't, I don't think any of the folks of mine, they call it CP time, color people time. Y'all know what CP time is. If you don't, you've never been to a black person's church. My, I was preaching at a black church here recently, and somebody said, would you rather preach at a black church or a white church? I'd rather preach at a black-white church. You know what I mean? I mean, 50-50. But if I had my, if I had my brothers, I'd rather preach at a black church. I'm just telling you. Because they just, man, they draw it out. Of, oh, yeah! You know what I mean? It's, but I was doing a wedding one time, and the, the, the people were just late. I mean, we're, it's, we're doing 30 minutes late. And, and it was a Latino and a black were getting married. African American and Latino. Well, the Latino people were. I mean, they were like, they'll be there in like another forty-five minutes. Forty-five. Yeah, you got to go out and tell the people. So I just went out and I said, "Hey, and y'all heard of CP time?" And everybody, my my, my sons were going, ah, "What is he? He's choking." I said, "That means." But I said, "LP time is worse than CP time." The Latinos they'll show up like an hour and a half late. You know, the C, the, the colored people are only about thirty minutes late anyway. That's my CPLP, but. Back to being uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable. You need to be in a place. Now, I'm not talking about danger. Your spirit senses danger. Back up. Don't do this. Grab your child. I'm talking about your flesh is uncomfortable. I'm telling you, I was like that for three services, but something kept bringing me back. I kept coming back. I kept coming back. I kept coming back. I remember the first time I heard somebody speak in tongues. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't do that tongue stuff. But something my daddy always told me. My dad was a hardcore Baptist. I grew up Southern Baptist for 20 years. But one of the things he said, I don't understand speaking in tongues, but I'll never say it's of the devil. Because people just, they just say some. Oh, it's passed away. It's of the devil. The, the, most denominations can't even agree what, what, what's wrong. You know, I found that, and so I just wanted, to, I just wanted to be a part of a church. I remember there was Catholics in our church and Methodists and Baptists, just rank sinners, alcoholics, all kind of folks coming in together. And I just, I just like that. Black, white, Hispanic, Presbyterians, we had Nazarenes. And, and listen, we are, if I went through the room here, we got backgrounds, all kind of different backgrounds. That's, that's what heaven's gonna be like. Now listen, I'm not slamming. I've been to some Baptist churches that just going crazy, doing great. I've been to Methodist churches. I've been to all kinds of Assembly of God, Pentecostal Holiness. I can, I'll go anywhere and do anything. As long as they'll let me. But uh, I just prefer being in a place where it's just, we ain't, we ain't throwing no tags up or anything like that. I, I, my daddy always told me, listen, don't be talking, you got too much to do right to be talking about what, what everybody else is doing, you know. We got a Church of Christ man over here. You know, I 
You know, people, they thought Church of Christ. But listen, brother, he believes in Jesus Christ. He travels all over the world telling people about Jesus. Amen. Of course, I think he got the left foot of fellowship, but that's all right. Hallelujah. <laughs> I got the right foot. Hallelujah. So, your gift will make room for you and bring before great people. So, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't do it in front of people because they won't understand. But I'm, I'm by myself. You know, that's why Jesus said, when you when go in your closet, there's nothing spiritual about a closet. And I think it's what he talks about. Is that Matthew 6 or where is that? Where he says, when you, when you pray, don't do it in front of a bunch of people like the, like the Pharisees. They want to be heard. Oh, and just using all these flowery words that Jesus don't even understand, you know. Just talk to him like you're talking to your wife or your dog. Just talk, you know. And then um, I'm, I, 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 just, I got hung up on this one word. And I was like, what is this? And I just and once again I'm by myself, so I ain't affecting nobody. I'm just going on and on. And finally, I remember that scripture. If you pray that you may interpret, I said, "Well, Lord, I need to, I need to know what this is." And I, this is a little weird, you know. And I've done that before. I've interpreted my prayers, and I just felt like the Lord was giving me urgent. And all of a sudden, I just, I just said, "Okay, I'm just going to start speaking in English. I don't have a clue what I'm going to say." Because the Bible says you pray in your under, you pray in your understanding, and you pray with the Spirit. Now I was praying in my understanding. Then I was praying in the Spirit. I'm praying, I don't, I'm not praying in my understanding because I can't understand it. But all of a sudden, this is what came out of my mouth. I'm a big God and I have big plans. And I, went, I wasn't thinking about big God and big plans, but that's what came out of my mouth. And then I said this, and, I, and every plan I've ever carried out was carried out through a man. And listen, folks, I ain't that smart. I ain't that eloquent. I, ain't that, I can't think that fast. I mean, it came out like rapid fire. And I thought, are you talking to me? I'm like, well, there's nobody else there, son. But but that but that that wasn't just for me. That was for Pastor Mark and Ashley. That's for Billy and Shirley Van Osdale. And sometimes you think, well, I'm just insignificant little thing, and you don't know what I've done. You don't know what's happened to me. I don't care what's happened to you. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is for you. It's the word of God to you. Every man, woman, boy, girl that were that was born on the face of this earth, and we were all born here. Jeremiah 29, 11, you can pull that up, is for you. Amen? For I know the plans, one trend, I think the new King James says, I know the plans, I know the thoughts, uh, thoughts is good too. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. That's you, you can put your name in there. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. That's where we actually got the name Future Now, Jeremiah 29, 11. We wanted to have a scriptural name, but you can't go throwing scriptures around the public school. So Future Now is based on Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you to give you a future and hope. Big plans, big God. The, the reason why I think I needed to hear that was because, Billy, sometimes I think, I can't do that. Guess what? Neither can you or Shirley or Terry. I can't do it. God can do it. But we're the body of Christ. Do you know what a, what, what's attached to the body? Hands and feet. We're the body of Christ. We are now the body of Christ. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. One time there was this guy in my church when we were entering pastors and he came to me. He, he, he just looked like he was shaking. I was like, what's wrong? He said, I just had a vision. I said, well, I figured I need to let him share it. It was sound like he was. He said, I was underneath a bridge and I was laid back. You know how the bridge, the overpass is a bridge and it's kind of angled down. He was laying upon it and there was a river going up underneath it. It reminded me of when he was explaining the Santa Fe River right there where the Itchtuckney starts or, the, and, uh, or where the Itchtuckney flows into the Santa Fe. And he said there was a child in the river. 
And his, it, I guess he'd gotten away from his parents and he was drowning. And I'm laying there and I couldn't move. I couldn't move. And I, and I, and, I, and he, the kid's drowning. I'm trying to get up and save the drowning kid and he couldn't, I couldn't move. And he said that he immediately, he kind of came out of it and he said, Lord, why, 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 what was that? He goes, now you know how I feel. I'm trying to help people, but my body won't move. We're his body. He's the head. Now you got some people that run off, not listen to the head anymore. That's a dangerous place. This is the head. Jesus is the word. You better stay connected to the head. You'll be like a chicken with your head cut off. I don't, I don't, I don't care how popular you think you are, how much you think you know, you'll never get too big for this. Because you, when you disconnect from the head, you're going down. That's pride. Pride will take you out every time. And if somebody comes and if Matt Pastor Mark says, I need to correct you, I've got a word, I better... I always like Pastor L.A. always said, who can tell you no? If there's nobody in your life that can tell you, my wife knows she can tell me no anytime. But is there, there's other, he can call and say, Chris, I, I need somebody. He's challenged me on some things. Do you, are you sure you're supposed to do that? Well, now that you mentioned, I'm not sure. Maybe I need to. I, I, I want that. I want a covering. He's a covering. He's not just, well, I don't want nobody telling me what to do. No, it's more than somebody telling you. It's a protective covering. One day he may jump up in his lap and say, hold me. I need my blankie, pastor. I know you don't view it like that. You know, you, we, you look at your earthly father as maybe somebody just was telling you not what to do. Listen, my daddy would be there to protect me and bail me out when I need him. It was a protection. It wasn't just an authority. When you submit to authority, you, you come under protection. You come under a covering. Folks, I don't know about you. I want a covering. And one of the things the Lord told me, that, that scripture is Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. Without a vision, my people perish. This came probably right around the same time. So a big God and big plans. And then he's been teaching on faithfulness. And this is what the Lord told me. I think it's Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. Without a vision, my people perish. Without a plan. We talked about that a while ago. There's no restraints on your life. Without a vision. And listen, this is, I know the Holy Ghost spoke this to me. If I'm out of line, He can straighten it all out when I get done. The vision, the plan, the, the, the thoughts, they all come based on your faithfulness. I, I, I'm telling you, I heard that place. I, I, was, I was riding my bike and I just stopped. So, without a vision, you're going to perish. But without faithfulness, there'll never be a vision. You didn't just wake up one day and just start doing missions. Yep, got my passport, I'm going to India. You, there, was, there was some work, there was some faithfulness there. There was some plans that were established. Maybe you served another man or whatever that was. I know you were faithful on your job. Probably faithful to do things you didn't really want to do, but you knew you were supposed to be. Because you just know that's right. You know, I know Billy Van Osdale, I'm going to pick on him, he shouldn't have sat on the front, but I know if Billy Van Osdale tells you he's going to do something, you can, you can write it down. And I've watched him do things, he's, I, I shouldn't have done that. I, he, he cooked some Boston Bucks for me, he cooked like 40, and it was 100 degrees in the shade. In fact, he wasn't even in the shade. And uh, he's like, I'm going to kill Chris Musgrave. Anyway, but he did it. He might not ever do it again, but he did the job. Me and my nephew, about... Two weeks ago, Kyle, it's his birthday, and it's Shirley's birthday. We got two birthdays. Anybody else got a birthday today? Right? We got three birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Just got your song. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'll even dance. Hallelujah. 
So uh, we we had just bought some machetes. This is dumb. This is dumb. I, I ain't always smart. But uh, I said, hey, there's a bunch of dog fennels out here on our property, and they're, they're not going to mow it for a couple of weeks. We didn't have a big mower. So I said, let's just go out and, and we sharpen these machetes. We started this job. We were about a third of the way. We ain't going to make it. I, I didn't have to get the shirt off because the shirt was weighing me down. It was so heavy with sweat. And he said, let's just finish up the road. Let's go to the end of the road. I said, you sure? I said, we got to go get some water because we ain't going to make it. And we went and got water. He goes, I'm afraid if we quit, we won't come back. I said, let's go. And we did it. But, you know, sometimes you've got to get smarter. We found out there's a thing that it's like a chopping machine that he said his, his uh, stepdad's got. He's going to let us borrow. I said, go get it. I don't care if it costs $400. Go get it. Hallelujah. But, you know, you just, but it, it's, it's being faithful. Even when you tell somebody you're going to do something. Or, or, and, 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 I, and I'm not just, Pastor Mark didn't ask me to do this, but I, I got to thinking about that faithfulness thing. I don't care what it is. Listen, we were youth pastors for 17 years. I know people, the average stay of a youth pastor at one time was nine months. You can't even get a kid to look at you in nine months. Who are you, you idiot? You know? But listen, I got about a thousand kids right now all over the United States, all over the world that I can call up. I can spend the night at their house. They'll send me a check. We get to stay in condos on the beach. Woo! Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I, got, I think I got somebody on about every continent. I'm glad I was faithful. We're, getting, we're reaping the benefits of being you, Pastor. That ain't why I did it. I didn't ever dream that our youth would have condos and they would have... Real estate jobs, and um, we got we just got some connections. Now that's not just them; the connections that they led us to, because they talk about us. Chris and Terry, they tell their kids about us. We just visited one of the girls in our youth group's daughter in um in South Carolina. She was at the University of South Carolina. We we called her and had break, and they got they got so excited. They said we're gonna start sending y'all money every month. We didn't go visit her daughter to get money. But it's just a blessing of the Lord. The blessings will overtake you. Once again, I'm not, I'm, if that's the wrong motive, you're going to be faithful just because it's going to create brownie points for you later on. No, you're, 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 you're cleaning the bathroom when nobody's watching. It's my job to make sure the bathroom's clean. Boy, somebody missed the toilet. That don't matter. It's going to be clean. Hallelujah. And, and whatever that is, I'm telling you, faithfulness. I heard Lester Summerall come out of his own mouth. Fortunately, I got to hear this. He said, faithfulness is the crowbar of God. It's the leverage. Faithfulness. There's a scripture, I think I had it, uh, Hebrews 6.12. Hebrews 6.12. There, and there's, you could, Pastor Mark's been preaching on David. My God. I, I, I probably, I'm, well, I'm just going to act like I didn't know this. I, I'll be honest with you. I was looking forward to coming and getting some word this morning. And he asked me to preach. I said, I'll do whatever you want. But I was really wanting to hear you. And he, and he said, I, well, you ain't got to, but I just feel like you're supposed to. I was like, if you feel like I'm supposed to, I'm going to preach. It's going to be good. I can't wait to hear what I got to say. Hallelujah. But Hebrews six twelve is a scripture that just jumped out at me when, as I was thinking about this. I want to read that to you. Hebrews six twelve. It says, and do not become sluggish, but what does that say? But imitate. I wrote my Bible so many times I covered it up. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And I tell you, you find somebody that's made it big, or when I say big, I mean they're successful. They're, they, they probably imitated somebody. I always tell these you know, young people, students, I say, if you'll get excited about another man's vision, you'll serve in his vision, one day somebody else will serve in yours. It's called the law of reciprocity. We use that in giving. Giving it shall be given. 
How about invest time in another man's vision and one day somebody invest in yours? I got a pastor friend in Perry, Florida, Pastor David Stephen, and he said, Chris, every time I see you, there's 20 people following you. It ain't always been that way. I was following some folks. But if you'll follow people, somebody will follow you. You got people, I know that sounds like a follower. I'm not a, I'm not a follower of Pastor Mark. He's my pastor. I'm going to do whatever he says. I am going to follow him. Sometimes I don't even ask why. If he says, can you go with me? Yes. I'd call my wife to make sure after that. <laughs> but if he, he, either he, he, I don't think he just wants me just cause I'm a nice guy, but he might need to talk. He don't have to explain why. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I was struggling. He wanted me to go somewhere the middle of the night. And I said, and the Lord said, yeah. And I said, yes. And man, we went to this service. I just heard Jesse Duplantis preach here a couple weeks ago. He was at a service and he didn't have his watch. And he says, can somebody let me borrow a watch? And somebody loaned him a watch. Somebody heard him in the back of the room. They owned a jewelry store. They went to their jewelry store and brought him 32 watches. And somebody said, why would you do that? I don't know, but I like it. Hallelujah. (laughs) Why do you need 30? He said, I gave every one of them away. Tags and Rolexes. Now, he said, I was kind of planning on keeping a few of them, but every time somebody like your watch, he said, you want it? Hey, I want to sew 32 watches. Well, we were in a service and a lady walked up. She goes, I just closed her jewelry store. I want to give you some watches. Now, I didn't get any Rolexes. Hallelujah. But I got some nice watches. Hallelujah. So I'm going to give you one. Hallelujah. Ask the pastor, you need a watch? I got one. Hallelujah. I got one on Jesse now. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, God is a wonderful God. If you'll just obey His voice and do what He says when you don't feel like it. One of the things He talked about, David, when David, when David was anointed king, He anointed him king. He was just a child. He left and He went back to the sheep field. And remember when He took the, the cheese and the bread to His brothers? Aren't you supposed to be watching sheep? And He had been watching. He got, I guarantee He had some, He had a backup. He trained somebody else up. He got a little break. And uh, I have a quote in John Maxwell's book. That I had a friend that just texted me. He was, he's sitting on the beach, and Aaron Curry is sitting on the beach and on, on vacation. He goes, Chris Muscra. That can't be him. He texts me, do you know John Maxwell? I said, well, I don't know him, but he said I'm his friend. So if you meet him, tell him. That, you know, I see. He said, my good friend Chris Musgrove says that success is not measured in what you're leaving to. It's what you're leaving behind. When we left our church after 17 years, the youth pastor that came in was one of our spiritual children. It got better when we left. He had it was a turnkey operation. He had his leaders in place. He had a youth band. He had a eight hundred thousand dollar building that we built. Now I didn't build. I can't build anything. But my wife actually was the what do you call them the the project manager. She's wearing a hard hat, telling them what to do. You remember that? We built this seventeen years, sixteen years. I worked on this building, Caleb. I'm going to have my own youth facility. And the Lord says, time to go. Yeah. Well, Jeremiah says, they'll, you'll live in houses you didn't build. Lord, be to God. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? You'll live in house. Somebody got to live in a house that I built. But that means I'm going to a house somebody else built. <laughs> Listen, it may not happen tomorrow. may not happen next year. may not happen until 2000. But it's coming. And I'm holding on to that. God's promises are yes and amen. And once again, that's not why you do it. But God is a God of promises and He keeps His promise. He kept His covenant with Abraham. He kept His covenant with David. But you've got to do your part and keep your covenant. And faithfulness is the key. Faith, 
full. Faith full. Full of faith. At 24-7, I'm moving, I'm going in that direction. Listen, are you going to have ups and downs? Yes. You're going to have situations, but your faith will see you through. Somebody said they were going through hell. I said, don't stop. You're going to pile right on through hell. Amen? If you're in hell, don't, you don't want to stay there. Amen? Listen, I'm not going to tell you we're not going to have face difficult situations. We get blind. We got blindsided a couple of weeks ago. It's like, I mean, literally, it felt like somebody hit me upside the head with a two before. And once I shook it off, I said, to God be the glory. He, going, he got us here. He's going to get us out. He who began a good work will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1.6. Is that right? Thank you. I, Philippians 1.6. He who began a good work will complete it. And that means if you're building cabinets, you need to, don't stop it. I've made a million dollars last year. Well, you can probably do 1.5 the next year. Well, we made 1.5. Well, let's do two. Because what, what are we doing it for? Oh, so me, and, so me and Billy can go on a national cruise and retire for 40 years. And just live on a cruise ship. No. No, I ain't got a problem. Me and my wife just want to cruise. You need to go on a cruise. In fact, we need to take you on a cruise. But you, and I know this man, he funds ministry. We need money for ministry. This man, and, and, and I guarantee you, the devil don't want this man having money because he's going to put it in ministry. When he's got free time, he's giving in the ministry. And his wife supports that. They're not in disunity. And, and, and the same thing with me and my wife. I know that their hearts are to just so see, give. And that should be all of our hearts. Why do we need, you know, and listen, and I promise you, God's going to take care of you. LaDon, you chopping corn. It's to feed them cows to make more milk. But you can do more. When, if they ain't making milk, you can't help nobody. If you ain't chopping corn, they ain't going to make no milk. So he, he's chopping corn for the kingdom. Amen. And they're, they're, the Pope trucking. They, every time we get ready to go anywhere near over there, they're they writing his checks. Well, I'm praying for Pope trucking. We pray. Keep on trucking, baby. Hallelujah. Keep on trucking. Uh, her parents, wonderful people. We, we, we got to go stay with them a couple of them. Just, just givers and servers. That's what the kingdom is. And listen, they ain't doing without. Oh, we just going to give it all away and we won't have nothing. Now, that's the biggest lie ever told. My, my, my daddy wants me to be happy and he gives to me and, and he said, I want to take care of you. But guess what? My heavenly father, way more than my dad. And get, my heavenly father is a big God. He's got big plans. If you don't remember anything today, remember it. It was a spirit word and, it, and we can get, uh, Pastor Mark, we can give him tons of scripture. We just ain't got enough time. Big God with big plans. And the only requirement is to stay faithful.